in this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, I get a little frustrated. We're going to talk about a article I found on Vox from a few months back, and then we're going to talk about a little bit about the NRA and how frustrating that always is, and what a mess. Uh, What a mess it's going to be here in a bit. Plus, you know, I monologue for a minute. Anyways, there's that. So, hope you enjoy this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, episode 227, Dwayne the Tub, They're Dwowning. All right. I probably should get on with this. Uh, I have honestly been uh, researching, air quotes, researching for this show for the past, well, technically a couple days. But tonight, uh, as I'm recording, it's the seventh Sunday night. As of tonight, I've been down here in the dungeon for, oh, a few hours. You know, here's the problem. As you can tell by my shows, uh, I start something... I kind of go down that rabbit hole, and then I veer, and then I watch a couple of YouTube videos for some ideas, and then auto plays on, so some other videos show up. <sighs> it's kind of how my mind works. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, is it? As you can see, I'm already going on tangents, and we're not even a minute into this episode. Welcome back, friends, to the Range Minded Podcast. As always, it is I, your humble host, Steve Zimmerman. So this show, you know, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of important things to talk about. Um, and let, let's just jump right into it. So the other day, I told you I've been doing this research for a couple days now. The other day I was down here going through some stuff, looking for sh- some ideas for this show. You might think, well, if he was smart, he would like schedule out shows weeks and weeks ahead of the time. You're right. If I was smart, I would do that. But I tend to think of a show during that week. And then we go from there. Keeps things current, right? So as, I, as I'm looking up some stuff for the, sh- for the show, uh, on the news feed, I think it's a Microsoft, excuse me, a Microsoft feature or something. The news pops up. And up pups, up pops, up pups. Poo, we better fix that right away. Up pops a, a news article. It's actually from about nine months ago, but it's from Vox. So you know that it's going to be completely unbiased and full of intellectual um, properties. Okay, this is a, a new story from Vox, and I'm going to link this in the show notes. It's, uh, well, i got to scroll back up here. The title of the article is, What Would It Mean to Treat Guns the Way We Treat Cars? Now, I know what you're thinking. Everything should be regulated like the automotive industry. But if you know anything about firearms you'll know that it is one of the most regulated industries in the United States, may be even in the entire world, because it is incredibly difficult to import and export firearms outside the United States. Yes, I said firearms. Okay, calm down, Steve, calm down. I'm a little wound up about this. So anyway, we'll get to this article in a second. But as I'm reading through this article, um, trying to not let my head explode, my middle daughter comes down and she has this look on her face. She's like, what are you doing, dad? Um, because as she walked in, in the office here, I've got, oh, I don't know. I think I've even closed some of these windows. There's probably 15 windows open on my browser, all <laughs> linking to other sources to, uh, of this, you know, of the claims in this article. And it was a great teaching moment for me as not only a dad, but as an independent thinker 
to my daughter that she may not get uh, that at school. Okay, so I read her a couple of words out of this article, which again we're going to get to in a second, and uh, <clears throat> and it talks about uh, how gun. I know you guys know this information already, but uh, how guns are the leading killer of children in the United States. Now, I know we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to dive into those statistics. Maybe we will a little bit. I don't know. We'll see where the show goes. But I know you know this information. But there's some other stuff in this article that uh, led me down this rabbit hole um, and, and helped me see things, maybe see things the way that, uh, that some of these anti-gunners see things. But what it did afford me to do was to show my daughter and to teach my daughter that you can't just take any article, and it doesn't matter where this article come from, you can't just take any article, especially if it's on uh, social media, you can't take that for face value. You have to go in a little bit deeper, especially if they're citing something. In the case of this article, it cites the CDC and... Um, one of the journals of medicine, I can't remember what it was, uh, New England Journal of Medicine. I should have known that. Like, that's a big one, right? So it cites these two sources about how um, guns are the number one killer of kids. Now, again, this article came out about nine months ago. Um, and not long after, uh, the, I think it was not long after the Covenant School thing, okay? So it, it I had to, I had to dig into these numbers. And like I said, it just started this whole cascade, this whole rabbit hole uh, of information. And if you've learned anything from that documentary a few years back, for 1999, there was a great documentary um, uh, um, about computer programming and how our brain works. It's called The Matrix. I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary. You always follow the white rabbit to see where it goes. Okay? So I did. And no, it didn't take me to some weird rave with lots of drugs and weird people dressed in weird clothes. But it did bring me to some important data that I am going to share with you tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this. So you don't have to go to all the work. Actually, I still encourage you to go to all the work because I'm telling you to do your own research. Don't take my word for it. I want you to do the research. I will share some links and you can look at this information yourself. So in this article, it says, uh, it shows this graph, okay? Uh, guns are, are killing more young Americans than cars now. Is that true? <laughs> and by the way, the kids, the children that they're, they're pointing out, the young Americans, the bracketing of ages are 1 to 24. Now, I don't know about you, but my kids are no longer kids when they're 18. Hopefully they're out of the house. I got one out of the house. But under their criteria, 24, he would still fall under this age group. Are they seriously considering 24-year-olds children, kids, young Americans? So you got to, first of all, you can't take it off face value just because the words they use plus the graphs they throw in and then the age brackets, it doesn't really jive, okay? So it's got this graph of firearms and motor vehicle accidents. And... Uh, it shows that there's a, a cross about 2017 where firearms jumped and surged, particularly actually in 2019. It took a huge surge. I wonder what happened in 2019. 
Oh yeah, we got locked in our houses, right? Was that 2019 or 2020? Honestly, I don't care. I don't remember. But then there's a drop of motor vehicle accidents. So that was the very first thing. Are guns really killing more young Americans uh, than than vehicles? Is that is that true? So the whole article, like I said, goes into changing changing the perspective on firearms like we did in the cars. And it starts with our good old friend Ralph Nader when he did his expose on the vehicle industry uh, in the 60s or 70s. Honestly, I, I can't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, 1960, Ralph, Ralph, 65. Ralph Nader made this thing about uh, unsafe at any speed. So he went through all these cars and how unsafe they were, like uh, the Chevy Corvair, which actually is a great car, but it got a huge bad rap, okay? from that and then from there everything went went downhill so the united states jumped in the the national highway traffic safety and some other you know they came in and said okay we got to do something about this and then from about the 70s on it goes through in the article that uh they started to to demand okay let me just read this okay because this this is key part so i'm going to go i'm going to use my radio announcer voice maybe some of you know i used to be on the radio many many years ago uh, so I'm going to try my radio voice. Here we go. From the 1970s onward, the NHS, NHTSA would maintain a database, keyword right there, on motor vehicle-related deaths, make research investments, and provide safety certification for cars on the market, incentivizing auto companies to adopt safety procedures. The work of the NHTSA and civil society groups like the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety helped usher in a new era of where uh, where safety features like seatbelts and airbags became standardized. All of this along with majors like universal state licensing of drivers and registration of cars lead to the decline in youth and overall American motor vehicle mortality. The CDC would eventually tout this decline as one of the country's biggest public health achievements of the 20th century. There's a lot in that center in that paragraph okay first thing comes up a database okay they want a database uh, of vehicle deaths now this already exists the fbi keeps and maintains these kind of records as well does the cdc and other independent websites they already track deaths by different modes already done okay but are they talking about a database that does that or a database of users okay now that's just a question on me this is this is solely my opinion not opinion of anybody else also they ushered in new safety features okay in this paragraph talks about seat belts and airbags became standardized what kind of safety features do they want us to have on our firearms i know a lot of times they're talking about uh they talk about uh, the smart gun, which is an absolute piece of junk. That technology doesn't work. Also, micro stamping. Okay. By the way, didn't Tesla just recall every car, every Tesla on the road? Technology is a good thing, right? Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Universal state licensing. So... Let me get this straight. They want firearms owners to be in a database. They want firearms manufacturers to create uh, increased safety devices or features on their firearms. 
and they want those standardized across the industry. They want universal licensing and registration like they did with vehicles. Can you see where this article is going? They want everything to be regulated. I'm sure the government would never, you know, record all this information and use it for, for, for nefarious purposes. Uh, the article continues. Let's go on here a little bit. I don't want to. Let's see. We don't need to talk about airbags, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's a good one. If cars went one way, the safety with guns went the other. Guns are one of the only consumer goods whose safety is not regulated by any government agency. ATF. Gun manufacturers are also very insulated from lawsuits. Do you see Do you see Ford getting sued for traffic accidents? Unless it's a feature of the vehicle itself? Manufacturers, gun manufacturers have that same thing. They're, they're protected from misuse of a product. But if the product has a defect which results in death, they are not, uh, they're not sheltered by any kind of lawsuit. They are completely liable. Uh, and perhaps, back to the article, and perhaps consequently have little incentive to design safer guns. Again, it brings up the smart gun here. That would be inoperable by, using, uh, by the users that they are registered to. Oh, they want a registration. We really have the Wild West approach to the manufacture of weapons in this country. Some guy named uh, Mr. Moss, bless his heart. Uh, Michael Moss. He's a professor, so he, we know he's smart. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Do you, guys, do you guys understand the procedure of creating a firearm in the United States? Say you've come up with a, uh, an, an amazing design. Something, uh, something that hasn't been thought of yet, which would be awesome. I'm hoping something like that comes out soon. Now, say with this said design, you can't just go to your buddy's machine shop and, and mill it out of a piece of aluminum and then sell it to the consumer. That's not how it works. You have to contact the ATF, showing them your idea, then you have to give them a, a functioning version of that idea. Then they have to come back to you and say, yes, we accept, or no, you can't make this. It is, it is extremely regulated. It is extremely difficult. Now, that's not just with guns. That's with firearms accessories. Anytime you come up with a trigger or a different stock design or whatever that, that fastens to the gun in some way that is, is key feature to that firearm, it has to be approved by the ATF. But I'm sure Vox has no idea how that works. Okay? It is not the Wild West in the United States of fires manufacturing firearms, unless they're alluding to the, air quote, ghost gun epidemic. Okay? It is extremely regulated. We've talked about how, how firearms are tracked from the manufacturer to the distributor to the dealer to the end user. They're tracked. Like, uh, don't be don't be confused or misled thinking that the government has no idea where a gun is going. As long as you're the purchaser from the dealer, the ATF can find that gun. Okay. There already kind of is a database in existence in sorts. It is not the Wild West. I'm sorry. 
Ah, okay, here's another next paragraph. To top it all off, federal research about guns and gun violence and gun safety was also basically been frozen over the last 20 years until 2020 due to this evil, evil thing. And we're going to be talking about this a little bit more due to the NRA backed measure known as the Dickey Amendment. I'm going to, we're not going to get into the Dickey Amendment. Okay, we'll talk about that on a different show. Uh, we don't even have a true real-time national ba- database to understand what is going on with firearm injur- injuries and death. That's BS, because I was able to log on to another website, which we're going to be talking about, that has very current numbers on what's going on as far as injuries and deaths with firearms. There are lots of places where that is recorded. Again, the FBI keeps very detailed information, and a lot of private websites as well as uh, Moms Demand Action and Brady and these other places, they all get this data from somewhere. So where did Vox get this idea that there's no place to find this info? Then how in the hell did you get the research to come up with his article? Again, folks, do your own research. Do your own research. Um, we have the lack of infrastructure. The lack of in- infrastructure, easier for you to say the lack of researchers, and the lack of knowledge to even know what are the things we can do to mitigate or decrease firearm injuries or death. I have a pretty damn good idea of where to start. You enforce the 20,000 plus state and federal gun laws that are already in existence, and you let the justice system, the justice department, execute those laws to the fullest extent after trial. And quit letting these jackasses out on same-day bail. That's probably a pretty good start. Adding more bills or more regulations is not going to stop violence. Good grief. Good grief. Contrast that with cars, the the, the article continues. When looking at the public health, health achievement of reducing motor vehicle deaths, safety improvements of cars, and introduction of driver-specific regulations pave the way, uh, says Kerry Rassian, a professor of public policy at the University of Connecticut. Another really smart person, I'm sure. The federal government incentivized the uptake of certain safety actions by trying interstate... by trying interstate money to legal ages, tying, tying interstate money to the legal age of drying, for example, and states enforcing road rules. Oh my gosh. So if you enforce the law, vehicle deaths decreased? Holy shit. So if you enforce the gun laws, maybe gun deaths wouldn't decrease. Wow, there's a thought. Huh. So I decided to look this up, okay? So this is later on in the article. Be sure the number of car deaths is still unacceptably high. Sure, and so are deaths by by firearm. Any kind of homicide death number is too high. A recent report from the International Transportation Forum, which is affiliated with the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, found that that the U.S. in 2020 had more road fatalities per 100,000 than any other OECD country. I had to look this number up. Let's let's go down the rabbit hole that I went on, okay? In 2020, there were 38,824 people killed in motor vehicle traffic accidents. Okay? In 2020. That's the highest number since 2027. 
Okay, you guys ready to go down a fun little rabbit hole? Let's look at this. So, using the left's own data, which they say does not exist, this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna link this website too, so you can enjoy the lefty propaganda as much as I do. This is the Gun Violence Archive. I don't know if we've ever used this information on the show before. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. I'm not sure. So again, 2020, 38,824 people killed in traffic accidents. Let's jump to the data that the Gun Violence Archive has on on malicious. Okay, this is their all deaths with firearm, whether willful, malicious, or accidental. All firearm death. Okay, now this is the number they cited for their article because so many people are dying by gun. 38,000 vehicle deaths, all firearms deaths, willful, malicious, accidental. I'm not sure if they're including suicide in this. 19,613. I don't think they're including suicide because down below there's 24,000. So 19,000, 19,000 died. Okay, so. I think I'm not incredibly intelligent like some of these professors that they cited in this article, but I think 19,613 is less than 38,824. So motor vehicles do take more lives than firearms. Okay, hello? Oh, just in case you're wondering, you're going to say, well, that, does, that doesn't count because, you know, the, the kids, right? The children. Well, here's the thing, okay? That 19,000 is, is all, everything. But if you feel like we need to go by age, from 0 to 11 in 2020, there's 300 deaths. Terrible, awful, disgusting. 12 to 17, 1,091. Okay? It doesn't go beyond that. The rest are adults. By the way, the average age of a, of a person joining a gang is 12 years old. Just going to throw that out there. Okay? So you tell me, is the information, information in this article misleading? Is it accidentally misleading? Or is it willfully misleading the reader? Think about that. I want you guys to never, ever, I don't care if it's Fox News, I don't care if it's CNN, I don't care if it's whatever, OAN, what, I don't care what network you're, even, even some of my favorite YouTubers, okay? Stop it. Stop believing what they're telling you. Don't believe me. Do your own research. The blatant lying in this article is unbelievable. Don't buy into it they're calling children 24 year olds that does not fit into that bracket don't buy it drives me absolutely cray cray I think that's what the kids say nowadays There's so many much there's so much more to that article. You can go ahead and read it. You can go ahead and do your own research. It was actually kind of intriguing. I I also looked up <clears throat> looked up uh vehicle deaths in 2023 uh 
because that was let's let's let me open these other ones here again. Um, sorry, it didn't have twenty twenty three up to date for some reason. Vehicle, you know, traffic death. So twenty twenty two was the most updated I could find for some reason. Uh, in twenty twenty two. 42,795 people died in traffic accidents. Okay. If we go to the gun violence archive, uh, 42,795 vehicle deaths. In 2022, all firearms deaths, other than suicides, was 20,390. Okay. So double the amount of fire. Why are we not holding vehicle manufacturers accountable for these deaths why are they not if it saves one child why are we not holding these people accountable it is disgusting don't believe the hype fellas and fillets fillets senoritas is that sexist if i seen you say senorita it's spanish it's not rude <sighs> it's interesting how they they twist the numbers and put them any way they want look at the raw numbers Okay, look at them, including their own numbers. The other thing, we're like I said, I'm going to link this gun violence archive. It goes through uh, mass shootings per year, right? Um, oh, look at this little banner they have across the web. 2023 has shown, this is from the gun violence archive. We can talk about this a little bit later too. 2023 has shown an 8 to 10% overall decrease in the deaths of injuries from gun violence. Uh, deaths and injuries. Okay, and some cities are seeing a 20% decrease. Well, if it's going down, that's that's interesting. Hmm. Yet there's more firearms being sold in the last few months than ever. Hmm. Anyway, that that uh, gun violence. Uh, Archive that has a lot of a lot of uh, mass shooting stuff on there too. Oh, which if we go down that rabbit hole, this would be a really long, long episode. But it actually categorizes and details everything they qualify as a mass shooting. Oh. I need to take a break. Hold on. Make sure you like, review, and share. Now back to the Range Minded Podcast. All right, welcome back. What was a matter of seconds to the listener was a matter of minutes for me. <laughs> uh, the beauty of editing. All right, let's, uh, let's just jump to that gun archives real quick, gun violence archives. Because there's something else you need to understand and really, really get a grasp on, okay? So one thing that uh, the Gun Violence Archive website does is track mass shootings. Now, I know you've heard and we've talked about this. The left continually says that there are more mass shootings than days of the year. Now, they define a mass shooting as anything that involves uh, uh, four or more people, including the shooter. Now, involves, not kills, not injures, but just somebody there. Okay? Now, I just pulled up the most current data, data as of today. And there's one today, apparently, on their website. So let's just click on this, shall we? Now, this was in Alabama. Uh, all, like I said, I'm going to link their website, and it's actually not too hard to navigate, okay? 
Um, you just scroll down off the homepage, and if you scroll down, you can find mass shootings to date. I think you can also click on the last 72 hours. Um, all right, so today, January 20, uh, 7th, 2024, there was a mass shooting in Alabama. Now, the nice thing about that, which actually shoots themselves in the foot, is that they have sources. Okay, so here we are. We're in Abbeville, Alabama. Never been there. I don't know what it's like. I don't really care. But uh, it doesn't really give us too, too much information. But there are four victims. Uh, it doesn't give us gender or age. Sometimes some of their sources do. So it just says victim injured, next victim injured, third victim injured, fourth injured. Okay. Uh, incident characteristics. Now this is important because again, anything with four or more victims is considered a mass shooting. Okay. So we had four injuries, which is a victim. Okay. Obviously there's four victims here, all with injuries. None of them died. Terrible thing, right? Awful thing. But when it goes down to incident characteristics, it was a shootout between the shooters and the victims. The next item down says it was a house party. Okay. One gun involved and they don't know what kind it was. A house party. Now that's that. I, I don't know how like you get a couple drunk people and they get pissed off of each other. That is considered a mass shooting nowadays. Apparently so. Just in case, let's go. They looks like they had two on January 4th. One in Louisiana. There's no surprise. Baton Rouge, one of the most violent cities in the United States. Uh, this one actually tells us a little bit about each victim. Uh, we had a 30-year-old male who was killed. We had some unnamed victims. One, two, three, four, five unnamed victims. Okay. It was a murder-suicide Says a drive-by, so I don't know how that would have been considered a murder-suicide. Drive-by, yet it was a mass shooting. One killed, five injured in apartment, drive-by shooting. One shooter. Drive-by. But that's considered a mass shooting. So what the left likes to do is take any possible incident, including gang violence, and characterize that as a mass shooting. Why are we taking these people seriously? Why? Here's here's the next one. January 4, here's uh, Perry, Iowa. Oh, we already knew about this one. This one was sad. This was a school shooting. And we know that was awful. Disgusting. Uh, by the way, that uh, that person was probably on some crazy medication. Now, I know. Just speculating. I don't have any kind of data. But there are some interesting characteristics of that particular shooting. Something that uh, that has been the same in the last few shootings. I'll let you do your own research and draw whatever that, that you may. Uh, another one, January 1st, Springfield, Missouri. Let's click on that one. <clears throat> so, so far, one was a legitimate mass shooting. I would characterize that as a mass shooting. The one in Perry. Let's see. This one, Springfield, Missouri. We have a adult male. Doesn't say, he just says he's 18 or older. Look, we have one, two, three, four, five. Uh, let's see, one. I gotta count again. I can't count. One, two, three, four. Uh, four injured people. Looks like they're all male, 18 or older. Uh, 
The last one here is the one that was arrested. A 37-year-old male who was unharmed. Lucky him. Oh, would you look at this? Now we see that there was no deaths, just four injuries, which under the definition of four injured is a four victims is considered a mass shooting. Uh, looks like uh, that's guy that was apprehended unharmed. Uh, look at that. He's a felon. Possession of a gun by a felon. But that's a that's a mass shooting. Looks like it's probably gang violence. I'm guessing again. A private event, two people at the venue found shot, two others transported to the hospital. Uh, let's see. Oh, look, it was New Year's Day. I should have known that. A bunch of drunk idiots get in an argument at a club shooting shit up. That's a mass shooting. Oh, here's another one in Baton Rouge. Also, <laughs> uh, I'm sure this is a New Year's bash. I'm, you guys are probably so dumb, like sick of me doing this. Oh, how come this doesn't pull up? There it is. Uh, Baton Rouge, safest city in America. Uh, oh, 15-year-old killed. That's too bad. That's awful. 18-year-old um, injured. 17-year-old injured. 17-year-old injured. Uh, Drive-by. That's a mass shooting. Drive-by. One gun involved. Obviously, you see where I'm getting with this. It's so frustrating. Okay, I'll, I'm not going to dig into more of these. I'm sure you get the point. We cannot trust the media with anything, any information anymore. It's all manipulated. It's all slighted. It's all opinion. Do your own research, please. Please. I promise that sound was the chair. Listen, see. That's the chair. It sounded it sounded like it wasn't the chair. You say sure, Steve. If you have to excuse it, it wasn't the chair. I promise it was the chair. Good gravy. All right, let's jump to this main thing here. This is one thing I did want to talk about. I probably should have talked about this a couple days ago. Um you guys know my opinion on the NRA. You know how I feel about the NRA, you know how frustrated I am by the NRA. You know how ridiculously stupid the NRA has been over the last several years. Uh, I am a life member of the NRA. I'm not going to hide that. I was a proud member of the NRA years ago. Uh, but I feel like I was like millions of NRA members, completely oblivious to what the organization was doing, but just continually contributing my hard-earned money for something, a cause that I truly believed in. But I didn't understand that the organization had ulterior motives. Alternative, ulterior motives. You get what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not saying that every person on the board of the NRA, everybody that has some kind of influence in, within the NRA is malicious and wasteful with our money. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not accusing that of happening. But it is very obvious that there are some very influential people within the NRA. And we're going to learn a lot more about this. It's going to get uncomfortable uh, in the coming days. Tomorrow, I think uh, the court proceedings start in, in the state of New York with wonderful Letitia James, who vows to get rid of the NRA. Uh, it's going to get, it's going to get pretty, pretty crazy. We're going to learn a lot about that organization 
that was hidden from us. As you may have heard, Wayne LaPierre, after I think he was put in in 91, I want to say, uh, he, he's out. He, he decided to step down for health reasons. Yeah, financial health reasons, probably. Um, he, he's been the face of the organization for a very long time. Now, during that amount of time, he created a very comfortable situation for himself and his friends on the board and his wife. That I can't 100% confirm, but I've heard some details uh, from other places that his wife has had uh, some pretty cool opportunities with the business that she owns. Okay. There's a lot of things that are going to be changing in the, in the NRA. Now, Wayne LaPierre, uh, in his contract, uh, he wrote himself in a cute little uh, parting gift that uh, he would receive $17 million um, of the organization's money, meaning your money if you contributed, my money because I have contributed. I haven't contributed to the NRA for years, years and years and years. I don't remember the last check I wrote to the NRA. But because Wayne has uh, has uh, felt that he has done such a good job, he decided to write his own contract with a $17 million golden parachute. Now, I had to find, again, we're talking about research, right? Finding things out for ourselves. I had to dive into this. I had to look for this up for myself to see how accurate this was. Now, from the sources I'd found, <clears throat> uh, that... that uh, that contract was set to expire, I think, in 2021. He's obviously there still. He's going to, his last day is supposed to be the last day of January. Okay. Now, with all this stuff going on with the state of New York, or the city of New York, I, get, I don't remember who it is, state of New York, pounding down their throat, we knew that there was going to be some, some uh, boat jumpers right? There's going to be some squealers. There's going to be somebody that's going to look for the easiest way out right away. And I found this gem of an article, okay? This is from, and I'm going to link this article, uh, gunsavelives.com. I've never seen this website before um, until now. I, I don't know if I dare follow it or not, but this is the article I found nonetheless. Okay. Now this is uh this this is about a guy named Josh Powell who um who was kind of in there with uh with Wayne. Okay. They did a lot of stuff together. Okay. Um let's see, where do I want to read this from? Because I am gonna read stuff from this article. This article, by the way, came out January 6th. Oh, scary January. So so yesterday, January 6th, this article came out. Yesterday, my time recording. By the way, did uh did you guys uh January 6th were were you were you uh was the devastation brought back to life of the terrible things that happened on the insurrection day? We're gonna learn more about that eventually too, I hope. <clears throat> That's neither here nor there. Um, let's see. Let's start here. Already, Wayne LaPierre threw in the towel Friday, announcing his retirement, citing health reasons. Uh-huh. The, the smell of high heaven, that is the reason, but whatever. 
as I wrote summer, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to read the commentary from this article. Um, and now late Friday news came out that Wayne LaPierre's right hand man, Josh Powell has, has copped a deal with Letitia James. In short, he agrees to pay $100,000 of our money, if you've contributed to the NRA, uh, and agreed to testify against LaPierre and his cronies in exchange for James dismissing him from her complaint. So he squeals. He loses $100,000 that wasn't his, and uh, he, he walks away. That seems pretty great, huh? There are there some aspects to his agreement, which I'm not going to... If you, I'll link this article. You can go through the proceedings and the, the stuff that's written out for him. Uh, the upside of the Quisling pal, who is now shilling for gun control. Oh, what a nice guy. We'll talk about that in a second. Apparently pay the bills for his disgraceful departure from the NRA is that his liability is limited to only $100,000. If he had not taken the deal, he would be on the hook for untold millions. What a coincidence that someone from the board of the NRA is talking about gun control. Almost like the board of the NRA has been pro-gun control for the last, mm, I don't know, 25 years, 30 years. Weird. Weird. By the way, you don't believe me? Maybe you're one of the people who say, oh, the NRA has done more for our gun rights than any other organizations. I call the BS button on that one. Let's start with uh, let's start with background checks. Maybe bump stocks. Maybe red flag laws. Both state and federal. I'm sure there's others I'm missing. The NRA is the oldest civil rights organization in the United States. I believe when the organization was originally constructed all the way up into the 70s, maybe even the 80s, the organization was doing good things. It was fighting for our rights. Now, in their eye of compromise, we did lose some important liberties, in my opinion. You can think back to the 80s Gun Control Act. Okay. On its face, the NRA is supposed to be a pro-gun organization, a pro-freedom organization. But in my opinion, the board has been corrupted and has been that way for years. Also, the board is only out to protect the board and not our money or our rights. You can look for other research for that. <clears throat> Given his treacherous na nature, again, back to the article, that would have been a darn shame, right? If that jackass would have to pay millions, millions of our money back. I guarantee two things, says the writer of this article. The rest of the NRI board of directors officers are burning the phone lines with their attorneys trying to ass uh, assess their personal liability uh, for the fleeching NRA resource for the last decade, probably closer to two. Yeah, so at least 20 years is what he's saying. I hope the board is freaking out. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of this article, but let's, it's not that much longer, but let's, let's talk about this for a minute because I think it's important that we as gun owners understand the situation. If you, if you need to get caught up on what's going on with the NRA, uh, 
LaPierre has been wasting millions and millions of dollars for personal use from the NRA. Funds that were donated, he used for personal things. Traveling to the islands, buying suits, sending uh, uh, interns here and there and everywhere, personal flights for his niece. Millions of dollars did he spend personally. Okay, that's a big deal. Finally, uh, well, correlate that with uh, Letitia James, okay? She has been, uh, she has had her sights set on the NRA for several years, and she's been finding a way, every way possible, to destroy the NRA. The NRA is the boogeyman to the, to the anti-gun movement, okay? Between Donald Trump and the NRA, uh, <laughs> that that's like the source of all evil, everything that stands in the way. It's, it's what they excuse for everything, right? Mass shootings happen because of the NRA. Blood on their hands. All this bullshit, okay? We know that. In reality, the NRA has done nothing uh, or very little pro-gun work for many, many years. Now, I know you might get that little letter in the mail that says, if you act now and donate more money, we'll send you this backpack. And if you hurry, you get this piece of junk pocket knife. And maybe that appetizes you. Maybe that drives you to send money to the NRA. But I'm telling you right now, if you are a, <laughs> a monthly donating person to the NRA, you have been wasting your money. Here's the funny thing, in my opinion. Actually, it's opinion of a lot of people right now, pro-gun folk. When Wayne announced his resignation or stepping down from the board, there was much jubilation from the pro-gun crowd. Wayne has been a worthless face of the NRA for many, many years. Not just because of all the stupid stuff he's done, illegal things that he's done with our funds, just because he's absolutely worthless. And he has been for years. He might be able to write a really good article and his face looks really cool in second page of the, of the American Rifleman. But he has done nothing. Nothing. Zero. I don't know why so many uh, pro-gun folks have put him on such a high pedestal. He's been completely worthless. I think it's a great thing. We have wanted him gone for years. Here is the problem. And it looks like Ms. James, New York State Prosecutor, I think, or uh, whatever she is. I don't know. You know, you know what she is. Maybe I should look, <laughs> maybe I should look it up. But she she has wanted to disband the NRA. Now, this could go one of two ways, okay? It might clean out the board who has elected themselves in and never to be ousted until they die because they're all worked together. Now, maybe she cleans house and we can get a new board of directors, a new president of the NRA that actually gives a flying crap about what happens to our rights and actually stands up and fights for our rights like they used to. Maybe this, maybe this is the way it goes. This, let's look positive first. 
Maybe we get Ted Nugent. Maybe we get uh, um, Mark Smith from the Four Boxes Diner. I don't know. Somebody who understands. Hell, maybe I'll run for president of the NRA. Wouldn't that be funny? Maybe we can get a whole new board of directors that is able to steer the ship in the right direction, weather the storm, and continue on the course of freedom. Okay, that's that's the plus side. Now let's look at the dark side of it. Maybe I should have started with the bad news first. Let's say Letitia James gets her way. LaPierre goes to prison. The board goes to prison. And she finds a whole bunch of other things that are hidden in the closet. Things of which the NRA cannot uh, not recompense. And the NRA gets disbanded. It would be super sad because, again, it is the oldest civil rights organization in the United States. Founded not long after the country. For the purpose of defending rights. Is it a big loss? Culturally, yes. I think. In reality, probably not. Like I said, they've been kind of the the old plug in the horse race for the last few years. I know there's a lot of folks. I, I was reading through a lot of comments uh, the day that LaPierre decided he was done. For health reasons, of course. There's still a ton of comments saying people saying how proud they were of him and for how hard they fought for him. I'm sorry, folks. If you're in that camp, you have been sold a bill of goods. I remember, I think I've said this before, it must have been a Rush Limbaugh show or something years ago. I'm talking years ago, probably before LaPierre was even in there. That they were trying, somebody on the board was, because they wanted some kind of diversity or something, Somebody on the board was super anti-gun because they needed somebody on there with some perspective. I think think the NRA was compromised years ago. Now, I can't substantiate that story. I can't remember for sure where I heard it. And I don't know the name of the person that they were talking about. But it was years ago. Has the NRA been corrupted? Has it been co-opted? Apparently, this Josh Powell character, he doesn't care about your rights. He's already fighting for gun control. Screw that guy. I shouldn't say that. He has the right to feel how he feels. I should be a little bit more more caring about people. I apologize. That's one of my, my goals this year, is to be a little bit more positive and a little bit more uh, kind towards people that really frustrate me. So that being said, who who do we who do we spend our money on? I would suggest this. Start with your local gun rights groups. Whether it's state, maybe municipality or city or whatever, start with your local uh, your local chapters or your local groups. Start there. Donate what you can. I promise those groups are happy with a dollar. 
Maybe you can donate your time. Start there. Next. There's there's Gun Owners of America. There's Firearms Policy Coalition. There's, oh man, there's so many other groups. I can't even think of them right now. Um, GOA. Gun Owners, did I say Gun Owners of America? There's a ton of groups out there. Don't be scared to stop sending your money to the NRA and donating that money to people who are actually doing things. Look up all the lawsuits that are in uh, the Supreme Court and district courts. Look to see how many have the NRA named in them as far as like uh, plaintiffs, like suing the, suing the government. How many of them involve the NRA? Not too many. But you'll see the other gun rights groups in there pushing and fighting for everything they can for us for you for me i know you might not give a damn about bump stocks i think bump stocks are stupid but i don't think it's the government's freaking business to regulate something that does not change the cycle of operations of a firearm if you want to buy one i think you should be able to buy one the forced reset trigger I don't know if I'd buy one. I haven't really, you know, it's not been something that I'd want to pay for. I'm more concerned about buying ammo than I am buying a trigger. But if it's something you want and it doesn't turn that gun into full auto under the federal guidelines, then you should be able to buy it. I think suppressors should not be on the naughty list. There is no reason whatsoever that they're on there. They should not be NFA items. I think short-barreled shotguns and short-barreled rifles should not be on the NFA. There is absolutely no logical reason that they should be on there. What makes a gun that's right in between a handgun and a rifle, what makes them particularly unusual and dangerous? Nothing. Zero. Okay, here's the next step. I think the NFA should be completely revisited. I'm okay. Now, this might cause some people some frustration. I'm actually okay with fully autos being somewhat regulated. I know that's going to piss some of you guys off. I get it. I'm okay with that. But I'm also okay for somebody that wants to buy an F-16. Or a rocket launcher. Or an aircraft carrier. If they can freaking afford it. So what? Let the free market decide how regulated things are. Not the government. Here's the thing. If we take all that stuff off the naughty list. Prices are going to skyrocket at first. But then the market's going to get flooded full of those things, and prices are going to come down. We're not going to see a massive increase of scary John Wick killings throughout the community. That's not going to happen. Here's the thing. Dirt bags that don't obey the law are going to get anything any way they can. So why not allow the law-abiding citizen to defend himself or herself any way they wish? Obviously, you're not going to use a nuclear bomb to stop a home intruder. Let's not be stupid. 
for realsies. For realsies. Um, I got to take another break real quick or it's going to not work. So hold on just a second. You are listening to the Range Minded Podcast. All right. This is probably going to be a little bit longer than I anticipated as far as show-wise. So I'm going to keep this last segment short. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys like it when I monologue or not, but I do. That's who I am. That's just the way it is. Uh, And I don't apologize for who I am. Uh, The last show, I think it was the last episode, we talked about... um, being more united as far as gun owners. And I want to reiterate that tonight. I think it's important, especially now that we know the NRA is in a lot of trouble. I think it's important as gun owners, as firearms owners, as law-abiding citizens, as people that support all the amendments in the Const- or in the Bill of Rights, but we happen to really appreciate the Second Amendment first. Bill of Rights Amendment. Yeah, right? Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Friends, we have to come together. I think 2024 is, my gut says this, okay? I can't prove it. I can't substantiate this. But I really believe that 2024 is going to be a very, very difficult year. Now, I don't know if it's going to be financial. I don't know if it's going to be religious. I just have a feeling. My gut tells me that if you have money to put aside for uh, safety equipment, not just not just guns, not just ammo, but I'm talking like fire extinguishers, first aid kits, flashlights, batteries, training. I think we really need to prioritize things that we're going to need this year. I, I, I cannot substantiate this. This might just be crazy wacko stuff. Who knows? Okay. I might just be talking out of my butthole, but I'm telling you my gut, my gut tells me that this year is going to be really rough. I don't know. Maybe it's just for me. Maybe it won't be for everybody else. Maybe just for me, life is going to get difficult. I I cannot answer in detail. I don't know. But because things are going to be tough, we are going to need each other more than ever. I I really want to figure out how to make a community to where we can we can just support each other. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, those places don't give a damn about firearms owners. They don't. They want us all, well, they don't want us there. Let's put it that way. I almost said something completely uh, off the rails. They don't want us there. We need to figure out a way, and I'm not talking about making a militia and like preparing to fight against the government. I, I don't want violence. I don't know anybody who does want violence against the government. I'm not calling for that. That's asinine. What I'm saying is we need to develop a community where we can be there for each other, for the hard times, where we can lift each other up, where if somebody we know 10 miles away needs help, cleaning out their shop 
or mowing their lawn or whatever. Something we can do to help out. We need to be there for each other. I'm sick and tired of the prima donnas in the gun community shitting on everybody else because they're not cool. I'm sick and tired of going into one gun store and having them talk trash about the other gun store down the street. That has got to stop. We are all different. Not one gun owner is the same, right? We're all individuals. Some of us have the same ideals. Some of us have the same values. And some of us do not. We got to stop tribalizing ourselves and unite. We got to stop bitching and moaning about somebody else because their YouTube channel is is not quite right or they can't shoot right or they're not cool because they don't have whatever. That has got to stop. I've met a lot of the cool guys, you know, that have the cool YouTube videos and stuff. I've met some of these dudes. Some of them are genuinely who they are. And some of them are not. Some of them are in it for the community. And some of them are in it for the dollar. Now look, I'm I'm not saying that they shouldn't earn a living. I wish I made a living doing this. I would love to have a YouTube channel that brings me revenue. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to quit my day job and just play with guns again. I would love it. And I'm hoping one day that will happen. But meanwhile, here, I just realized something. I'm telling us not to complain about each other and I just complained about those big guys, right? See? We got to stop. We got to unite. When somebody posts something about in the community about a gun that you think they spelled it wrong or their opinion's wrong. Quit being a keyboard warrior and saying how wrong, why they're wrong and how stupid they look and all this stuff. And, uh, and maybe just like and follow. If you don't like what they post or you feel like they posted something wrong, post something that you feel is right. Instead of continuously seeking and festering the negative... Why not you start posting and spreading the positive? Because we're going to need it, folks. We're are, we are absolutely going to need it. It's an election year. We are going to be bombarded with negative for the next seven, eight, nine months. So why not, instead of being a part of that nonsense, let's be something better. I want you guys to start today, tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to this show. Start now. Post something positive about the firearms community. I know you, nobody wants to talk about how many guns they own. I don't think that's anybody's business. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure most people know I'm a gun owner. 
So maybe maybe we just start with a hashtag, proud gun owner. I don't know. Maybe I'll start that. Hashtag, hashtags are dead. That's what my kids tell me. Hashtags are stupid. They're, they're dumb. Well, I'm 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 old, but I'm a proud gun owner, and I'm not gonna run from it anymore. I believe in my rights, and I believe they're given from God, not from the government, and I'm not gonna run from it. If that makes you upset, I don't care. We can have a conversation. But I'm not going to give in to your negative attitude. And that's how we all need to be. Friends, we're going to just stop it there. That'll be the end of the monologue. Right? I don't know how to say end, cut, check, whatever. But I appreciate you guys listening to the show. It means a lot to me. I, I don't know. Honestly, here's <laughs> here's the truth. I have no idea how many people listen to the show. It might be one. It might be five. I have no freaking clue. Uh, I may have lost some of the passwords to get in some of the analytic data stuff. Um, so I can see on one of the platforms who's listening. Uh, but I, I have no idea after that. I have no clue. If you like the show, if you like the content, I would really appreciate it if you took the time to to like, to comment on an episode, to share it with a friend, to give us a rating. I know some platforms, you know, like I think Apple has like a whatever, five star, whatever. Please, that helps me. It helps me a lot. It, it doesn't help me financially. I don't make any money off this show. You guys might think that I make a ton of money. I make zero. Zero. I don't do this. I, I would like to make money. Don't get me wrong. Money would help. But regardless, I do this because I love the country. I love our rights. I love that we live in a place that we have a, an ability to have a difference of opinion on something. That's awesome. Again, if you like if you like this episode or any of the other episodes, give us a good review. Share us with some friends. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, I was going to share all of our YouTube or all of our social media links, but you can just go to uh, rangemindedpodcast.com. All the links are there. Um, there's a way to contact me from there as well. That'd be great. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I was actually talking with somebody else. Uh, there might be some some uh, different content coming down the pipeline. Something else I, I really want to try. I want to do different. Um, it, it would be YouTube content. We don't do anything really with a YouTube channel. So um, the stuff that would be on the YouTube channel would be different than the stuff in the podcast. But it it's all intertwined. Uh, so that would be awesome. So if, if you like that idea, that'd be great. I mentioned patches. Um, they are coming. I'm not lying. They are coming. Uh, I just got to figure out the best way to, to get those to people that want them. Um, and as soon as I get them, uh, I will post them. Okay. It takes a little bit of time. It is what it is, but they are coming. Once those are done, uh, I'll think about doing other kind of merchandise as well. I do, I do have a bunch of other patch designs. Uh, that I'd like to get out. We talked about that last week. If you listen to the show last week, I thought about having some kind of a Patreon thing where some other patches would be available through the Patreon. So, uh, so that'd be another way to help support the show. Anyway, that's it. I'm done shilling for myself. All right, that's it. That's the end of the show. Why are you still here? Love you guys. Appreciate you so much. 
learn to appreciate what you have because when it's gone, it's gone. Okay. Take somebody shooting. Share the love for the Second Amendment of those around us because it's awesome. And it is, uh, it's great to live in a free country. Behave yourselves, friends. Godspeed. Be safe. Thanks again for listening to the Range Minded Podcast. Don't forget, we have a website. You can check us out on rangemindedpodcast.com. There we have links to all of our social media accounts, plus a place to, to send us a message. It'd be awesome to see you there. Anyways, don't forget, rangemindedpodcast.com. Range is hot.